of brickbats and bouquets. Everyone exclaimed over the massive arrangement of exotic flowers. They must have cost a king's ransom. There were orchids in passionate colors, magnificent showy lilies, arrogant ginger flowers, flamboyant peonies, even tulips, and many other flowers that we didn't even recognize. Not a carnation or a rose in sight. Where would one get flowers like this in our city? And why would they be in grandma's house? And she sitting there like a mix between a naughty child caught with her hand in the biscuit tin and a smug little bug. There had to be a story in this. And as soon as we were all settled in, we insisted it be told. We were enjoying our morning tea, explained grandma, and reading our newspapers out on the balcony. I read out snippets from the paper and Grandpa accepted them as gifts, never berating me for repeating stuff he's already read or would in any case come to read himself in due course. He just sat there in his comfy rocking chair and looked out on the road as usual, watching the infinitely varied rituals of the morning walkers or mulling over something or the other. One section of my brain was exercising itself over what to make for lunch today, with all of you arriving soon and expecting to be fed. But everything was thrown into a kerfuffle by a stranger at the gate. I could just espy a big car outside, and our watchman was talking over the top of the gate with a man in a white chauffeur's uniform, gleaming brass buttons, cap and all. They were sending glances in our direction and Grandpa and I watched them with mild curiosity. Must be asking directions. But the gate opened and the fancily outfitted chauffeur marched up to us carrying this enormous basket of flowers. Behind him followed the watchman carrying an equally enormous gift-wrapped parcel topped with ribbons and bows. I stood up to check out the matter. We were expecting no gift. It was no birthday or anniversary or any special occasion. Who would be sending us these extravagant gifts? It certainly wasn't any of you, since the chauffeur... And he was a chauffeur, mind you, nothing so pedestrian as a driver. The chauffeur was unknown to us. When I asked him whom it was for, he indicated a card nestled in the flowers. It said, to the lady of the house. Well, that could be of any house. No help at all. I asked who had sent it and was helpfully informed, boss. But he insisted he had the right house and politely requested that I read the card. So, gingerly, with two gift-laden men waiting, and Grandpa at my shoulder, I did. It was beautiful stationery. Thick and supple, obviously expensive, ivory-coloured with a plain gold V in one corner, and very elegant indeed. But it gave no 
clue of the identity of the sender. Then I read the note and the signature and everything was instantly and mortifyingly clear. I probably tried all the colors of the rainbow from blue with shock to red with embarrassment. My very first thought was, I'm in for a fine telling off from the kids for sure this time. One glance at my face and Grandpa understood, even though I hadn't spoken a word, that I knew what was going on. The gifts were duly accepted and brought in. I asked him to get a return address and I saw him write it down. The chauffeur was asked to thank his master and he tipped his cap and made off. I was still standing at the dining table with one hand covering my mouth and the other clutching the note. Grandpa asked me what I'd gone and done this time. He said it looked like a very interesting story. I mutely handed over the note. My, 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 he whistled wickedly. You're going to catch hell, my dear. You better fess up and tell me everything so that at least you have me on your side. Grandma picked up the note and read it aloud for us. Dear Madam, I trust we didn't give further displeasure after yesterday's session. You were absolutely right and we will make it part of our regular routine after pack-up. As you so readily admitted you had no notion who I was, please accept this gift of my movies, which I humbly consider my footprints in the sands of time. I hope they give you pleasure, as your acquaintance has given me. The flowers are from my wife, who sends her admiration and her greetings to you, with sincere regards. And here, Grandma uncharacteristically meek, uttered the name of such a big star in the regional movie industry that the gasps around the room must have been heard in the next street. Someone even screamed. She admitted with a most un-grandma-like humility that even she'd blanched when she'd read it. But she insisted she hadn't recognized him when she'd so casually crossed swords with him. The parcel contained DVDs, the sheer number of which was so great that even I was struck dumb and all of you will stand witness, that is no mean feat. The two of us stood over this spilling abundance for a silent while. Then Grandpa chucked me under my chin and said, I'm on your side, my love. Whatever you said to him, he seems to think it was well deserved. So come on. Tell me the whole story. Never have I appreciated his faith more, especially with your scolding hanging over me. I could just see you shaking your heads and exchanging glances saying, she is struck again. Grandpa patted her lap encouragingly and she sketched him a grateful smile. And so, here's the whole story for all of you. There was a film shoot on our street, at the corner, just yards over that way. It lasted two days. Of course, it was a major commotion in our quiet neighborhood. There were droves of people, extras and spot boys and makeup teams and crew members, loudspeakers announcing instructions, a huge truck 
racing loudly down the road, screeching to a stop, then reversing and doing the whole thing all over again. About 500 times. For crying out loud, why does it take so many takes to get it right? They were organized, I admit. Huge umbrellas, drinking water, folding tables and chairs. A mini canteen was set up on the pavement opposite us. Steel plates and glasses and rows of chairs. Breakfast and lunch were served here very efficiently in two or three sittings. Dishes were washed at a tap inside the premises and dried upside down on the tables in the sun. The grassy verge outside our house, overhung by our shady tree, it became a favoured resting place. This prime position was monopolised by the air-conditioned caravans of the stars, who stepped out for their shots and then scooted back inside, escaping the scorching heat. Oh, it was a major to-do. And at pack-up on the first day, they quietly folded their tents and disappeared into the dusk. But they left the street in chaos. They had big waste bins, but a hundred people are bound to leave a mess. Paper, plastic, wrappers. And there was no clean-up at all. The street, the verges, the bushes that lined the road were festooned with debris and it was a very unpretty sight. Early the next morning, that's yesterday, many of us were out with armies of staff cleaning up the mess and restoring the street to its usual pristine condition. And just when we'd got it all ship-shape again, the film crew thundered back in and set up shop again. We had no idea how many more days it would take to get that truck shot exactly right and our hospitality was probably a touch less warm and generous than the day before. Now it so happened that in the early evening yesterday I was closing our upstairs bedroom windows preemptively against the attack of the killer mosquitoes. I noticed a man striding towards the caravans outside our house. Must be one of the big shots. He was followed by an adoring gaggle. Out of the corner of my eye, I espied the fluttering bits of litter caught in my lovely crotons. Before I could stop myself, I'd pushed open my window and was waving my hand to attract his attention, calling, Excuse me! It took a few calls, louder and louder, before he looked up, looked around, pointed at his chest and asked, Are you calling me? The gaggle raised indignant faces. Yes, I said. I just wanted to say, after the crew left yesterday, the street was a filthy mess. Ours is a community of elders mostly, and we were cleaning up after you this morning. The gaggle was mightily incensed. There was much angry gesturing and heated outcry. The gist of it being, did I know whom I was accusing? He silenced them with a wave of his hand. But before he could even say anything, I got my oar in again. They are right. I have no notion whom I am talking to. And I never intended that you should pick up the bits and pieces yourself. Just that clean-up should be a routine part of your pack-up operations. That would give you a perfect score in any neighbourhood. And young man, 
if you really are as big a star as they think you are, you should have no objection to leaving behind nothing but your footprints in the sands of time. You can imagine the pandemonium at home, I'm sure. Hari had buried his head in his hands and Rad was looking aghast. Was there no madness their ma would not plunge into with both feet? Some of the kids were giggling at grandma and some were giggling at their parents' reactions. There was a scandalized hum in the room. Ramesh was soothing his wilting wife, who we all knew was a big fan of the star. Grandma looked, strangely for her, guilty as hell. Only grandpa, rocking away in his chair, looked supremely at ease. With old world dignity, he requested me to please accept his sincere apologies. He'd personally ensure it didn't recur. I explained to him that it was a bit more bending and picking than our old bones were used to. But they'd brought some excitement to our neighborhood, so we'd counted even Stephen. He proffered a playful salute, and I returned one. And with harmony restored, I closed the windows and carried on with my work. My message obviously reached the right ears, because when they left last night, the street was spotless and you'd never have known that they'd been and gone, which was, of course, exactly as it should be. And it seems they really did finish up yesterday, since they haven't returned today. So, after I confessed to Grandpa and got his support, bless you always, my dearest, there was nothing more to do except write a polite thank you note for the extravagant gifts, to admire my gorgeous flowers, and to sit and wait for all of you to storm in, see the spoils, demand explanations, and plough into me for opening my big mouth and making a spectacle of myself one more time. But if any of you wants that note... I'm going to make you pay for the valuable autograph. I didn't live to this venerable old age without having a trick or two up my old-fashioned sleeves. And you lot better think twice before you tangle with me now, she said mischievously to her still gasping audience. You should know, I have friends in high places. Huh. And while all hell broke loose in the living room, Grandma and Grandpa sat there smiling serenely like cats that had caught the cream.